Welcome to Grit and Gravitas with Anne and Annie, bringing you savvy, spirited stories of success. We're excited to deliver 30 minutes of inspiration, impact, and goodness. We'll be bringing you guests and friends from around the country who have very special work and personal journeys. I'm Ann Dieter Gallagher, your co-host with Annie Carnathan, and this is Grit and Gravitas. Let's go. Annie Carnathan, this is the best part of my week when I'm in the studio with you doing Grit and Gravitas. And it's a super exciting day. We have a very new guest, not new to Pennsylvania, but new to the Grit and Gravitas podcast studio. The energy is flying <laughs> around the room. We have another A name with us. We do. We're we do. overwhelmed, flattered, humbled when guests join us with you contributing your time as well as a very busy day and... Andrea Becker, Director of Client and Brand Strategy with Penn State Health. Mm -hmm, I think everybody, uh, certainly on the East Coast, knows that name. And we're super excited to steal you away for 30 minutes. You are crazy busy right now, ready to launch another new uh, medical center, we're calling it, health system in Central PA. Welcome to Grit and Gravitas. Woo! And thank you so much for having me. This is wonderful. Yes, it's it's a little bit busy, but you know what? That's just kind of my pace anyways. So it's either stop or go for me. So it's definitely all go, go, go right now. Good for you. And I know uh, my backstory with Andrea is she's been a fabulous community partner for Downtown Camp Hill Association, our business district. Uh, you have come to town. I mean, you're really just right next door uh, down at Hershey, but as your system has expanded into uh, Holy Spirit now, which is in Camp Hill and ready to uh, launch your new health system, uh, Penn State Hampton, we are so grateful for everything you've done in uh, downtown Camp Hill just to educate and inform and encourage us all as a community to uh, pay more attention to our health and now we have super easy access to, uh, you know, healthcare professionals and better information and knowledge. So we're really going to dig deep with some business vitamins and... Um, what more appropriate person to have a business I, vitamin <laughs> with than Andrea, right? That's I mean, true. Like a- so give it, I mean, we're, I'm in the, the branding, marketing, PR world, and you are too. So we could sit down and talk for, you know, hours. Give us just a, a quick backstory. How did you get to Penn State Health? And uh, tell us about what you do at Penn State Health. Sure, sure. So um, somewhat of an interesting backstory, but I think that's kind of the story that we're looking for Good. here. Yes, is, yes. Um, so when I was in high school, and I promise I'll keep this quick. Um, it's <laughs> been a number of years, but um, I was very interested in the sciences. So I was very fortunate to go to a high school um, in Berks County that had a biotech program. And I'm like, wow. I'm going to do biotech. Um, but, you know, silly 18-year-old didn't quite have it all figured out. So I actually wound up in medical laboratory technology. So I have 10 years of a clinical background in healthcare. Um, It was one of those when you talk about where life takes you. um, My mom suggested the program and I said, oh, I'll do this till I figure something out. And then I graduated. So (laughs) I was like, oh, I guess I'm doing this. Um, So once I got into healthcare, I understood that that's really like a great place. There's so many opportunities. There's so much to hang on to. Um, But I think as you'll you'll tell, I'm a talker. So putting me in the lab from three to 11 for (laughs) about 10 years, like I think they got tired of me talking. Um, So I went back to school and got my bachelor's and then I got my master's. Um, And I think it's a nice fit for me, especially 
especially because I feel like I can translate. I can translate between the medical and the healthcare and the business directives and the things we need to do in business development. Um, so That's I fabulous. spent about 10 years on the clinical side and then um, a bunch of community hospitals and marketing specialists, um, physician liaison. I know a lot of the docs in this area. So, And I think for me, it's really fulfilling because you're doing something that really aff- affects people. It impacts oh, yeah. people. Um, Talk about servant leadership. It's I mean, just, you feel, you know, fulfilled every day. I mean, right. I, I, I loved going out to health fairs and hearing patient stories and understanding where they were coming from. You know, I think, you know, I, I, perspective is so important. And yes. when you sit in an office and you're trying to communicate to an audience, you have to get out and talk to them and you have to understand where they're coming from. And a lot of times I'll, I'll use the joke in my department, you know, my focus group of two is my parents, um, you know, intelligent <laughs> folks, central yeah. PA through and through. Yeah. And, you know, we'll do messaging and we'll be talking about things and I'll go home on a weekend and call my parents and say, does this make sense to you? And they'll be like, I have no idea what multidisciplinary means. And I'm like, that's a really good point. I need to figure good. out how to explain that better. Um, so yes, yeah, smart of you, very smart to go outside your <clears throat> circle of influence to get the input because you're serving the entire community and beyond, you know, people that are moving in, uh, we have a lot of, you know, uh, large businesses here. So you really have a varied target audience. So I try to do that. I know Annie tries to do that is use our own focus group of, of people that wouldn't even understand whatever our lingo is. And, and to your point with multidisciplinary, like what, uh, if someone doesn't know what that means, all the time you spend in your messaging, mm-hmm. you know, isn't going to be as successful. They're not going to end up with the right service or go to the right, you know, building that they need to go to. Absolutely. I mean, if you're looking for kind of perspective as a professional, it's something I admit I'm an overthinker. And I think focusing on that perspective (laughs) sometimes and understanding that you try to do so much and sometimes it's just a matter of keeping it simple. Yeah. And and going to the source and just, you know, you're trying to say so much or do so much and sometimes the message just needs to be short and sweet and simple. People don't embrace what they don't understand. And when it's health, there's a tremendous fear to that of it's my health. Like this is the only body and life I have when you don't want to make any mistakes when you don't <clears> want to make mistakes and I think to, to your point when you when you look at how that came together it's incredible how what you're doing is 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 the old saying of putting the hay down to where the goats can eat it it's oversimplification and it's you know I preach that because it doesn't matter about our lingo if the people across the table don't understand it and sometimes simplicity is very difficult so you've mastered that, especially from a communication standpoint. So is biotech now, Andrea, is that like the 21st century STEM? Is that what? Was that med tech? Uh, yeah, I would say it was kind of be at the beginning of what we were calling STEM. Um, so I, you know, I'll divulge my age. I graduated in 96. Um, so that was like cutting edge. And it was all about back then. I remember doing you know, speeches about genetically engineered tomatoes. And that was like the coolest <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> Um, it's, it's come really far since then, especially when I see what high school kids are doing now. <laughs> right. Um, it's, it's phenomenal what they have access to, but, um, you know, it fits into that. And I think especially at Hershey Medical Center and Penn State Health, we do have that, those advanced pieces. And that's one of the reasons I just love healthcare is you, you can spend your entire career there and you will never be bored. There's always yeah. something else to learn, something else to incorporate, especially in marketing. I have the benefit of talking to everyone in the system and there are so many niches that I can find out about. And one day we're talking about transplants and the next day we're talking about three printing and the next day you know everything from sinus infections to neurosurgery and for me that's that's fulfilling that keeps me going that there's always fodder for me to focus on and learn and do that is the key learning and and i think that's a really important point is how in your own organization 
there's always something to learn. Yeah. And and the more and the the more comprehensive that learning is, it's all a collaboration if you're a company. It should be. And if you're if right. you're looking for those opportunities. Um I'm I'm very grateful. I've got some great colleagues right now um that I watch them. And I'm yeah. like, I have one in particular who's very good at being non-defensive when criticism is brought to him. Um, I tend to be a little bit of a hyper personality. I've had to work on like, hold on, I have an answer to that. Like, no, I need to calm down and I can. <laughs> um, but it's it's great to watch my colleague and I watch what he does. And I'm like, I need to learn how he's doing that. Um, and we recently interviewed some folks in our department. And that was one of the questions I asked the interviewee is I said, what do you need to learn? Because you're bringing in high level leadership at sometimes that, you know, you assume has it all figured out. But I want to know what you're self-aware enough to say, hey, somebody else does this better than me. How can I saddle up next to them? And how can you tell me how you're doing that? Because I know I'm not doing that as well as I could. What's 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 been sorry, what's been one of the key learnings that you look at now and say, oof, I was not headed in the same place I am today until I learned that, Hmm. you know, for me, it was how to essentially manage conflict in a way that worked for the person across the desk, Mm -hmm. because my style doesn't necessarily mean it's their style. And how do I be a chameleon to say what I need to say without alienating them? So what was a really big part of you from then until now that you sort of learned about yourself that improved how you communicate? Oh, gosh, that's, that's great. I think I still have a lot to learn. Um, but I think one of the things that especially in you know, the last few years as, as rapidly as healthcare is moving is, you know, I think it's, it's a cliche, but the reason we say cliche is, you know, failure is not permanent. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. a very efficient person, especially coming from a clinical background. I see the path. I want to do it. I want to get it done and I want to move on. And communication, Speed. yes, communication doesn't work that way. We're going to have a back and forth and there's going to be something that doesn't work and we're going to hit a bump in the road. And I'm used to A, B, C and we're done. And I think I've had to learn over the years to take the patience and to take a breath and go, okay, maybe that interaction didn't go as I had hoped, or maybe we both need to kind of retreat and think about that. Or there's there's an evolution that needs to occur. It's not wham, bam. It's, okay, well, we're going to move to this, and then it's going to get better. Okay, we're going to reach a really good endpoint then. I think I've learned that lesson, too, is, is um, <clears throat> slowing, especially in the world of PR. You know, I, I, I need to call the news station, get the media here, get the answer out, make sure everybody knows what they need, especially if there's a crisis situation. It's very easy you know, to have your hair on fire mm-hmm. the whole time. And that doesn't help anybody on our team and it doesn't help the client either. And so uh, regaining composure, resetting expectations, understanding that there's very few things, especially since COVID, which has crystallized everything. Very few things are as important as we gave them, you know, the level of importance beforehand. So it's it's really good to take a deep breath and say, you know, what uh, put your people first. What what really who needs the the best attention? Kind of triage if you would in in our world um and deal with that and and just not be so uh immediately responsive but stop yes. and think. And and I think as as women there is a style to speed that is like mm, little mm uncomfortable right and i think it all comes back to communication in every relationship in any key person that you have on your personal board of directors uh, or anyone that you haven't met yet that's going to get a lifetime of experience in you now that didn't exist you know 20 years ago so it's an extraordinary way to think about 
how communication ebbs and flows in a bang bang society where everything is immediate, everything's a swipe, everything's a second, everything's an immediate opinion, and it doesn't get to develop the entire. Well, and, and to that point, you know, responding to the immediacy. Now, you're in brand strategy, so I'm sure you have a very, paying very close attention to people's perceptions of Penn State Health. You're coming into a new community. What's the perception? You've done all your market studies. <clears throat> but we had, you know, in pre-conversations, we had talked about that the illusion of social media, first of all, the illusion is that everybody's on it, and they're not. Not, you know, and maybe uh, depending on the client, maybe their target audience, you know, isn't, we're giving more credence than we should to that. But your perspective, which I found so refreshing, and I, I should probably put it on my desk, is we are only seeing everyone's highlight reels. Can you expound on that a little bit? Sure. And I, I think that's an interesting dichotomy because in marketing, that's your job yeah. is to only show the highlight reels. Yeah. But I think as we sit here as professionals and talk, it's about understanding the struggles behind the scenes. It's about being vulnerable. Um, you know, I, I'd like to think I'm self-aware enough when I onboard employees for me, I actually have a PowerPoint of explaining how I work. I'm like, this That's is me. Great. This is me. That's I'm really a bullet great. point person. Yeah. Yes, I, I don't want to ever come across as harsh, but I'm a let's do it, let's get it done. Yeah. Um, that sort of thing. So I'm I'm hoping people see that. But the highlight reels is you you see people's success and you look and you go, Oh my gosh, you Anne are you're so you're so successful and it you make it look so easy yeah. and you make this look so easy. And we watch these podcasts and you guys have got it together. What why don't I have it together? And it's until you actually can have some honest conversations, especially with women and say like, you totally. look like you have it together. Totally. Like, what am I missing? And they go, Oh, yeah. I, I missed my bills <laughs> last month. Or, oh, like, you know, I spilled coffee and you can't see it on my shirt. Like you need to kind of, I think that vulnerability is so important because all we totally. see, especially in the fast paced and the breadth of access we have to people, the people that we never would have met. You know, I, if you think little house on the prairie, we would have known 20 people. And we wouldn't, you right. know, and cross right. regions and things and everybody's showing you their best and you're going, oh my gosh, they're doing so much better than me that you have to be able to internalize and understand they have behind the scenes struggles as well. Mm -hmm. And there's a process to everything and it, celebrate the good stuff. Absolutely. But there's a process. Well, that's part of our goal for Grit and Gravitas. Annie and I have had many conversations on shortening the learning curve, especially of other young women. Men, you know, as the mother of three sons, I'm, you know, they, I run everything by them as well and my daughter-in-laws, but especially being sensitive to the young women coming up who want to start families, who want to do it all. And just giving a little sense of reality, this is this is what doing it all might look like. Here's some options. And, you know, we've carved our own paths and and divergent paths, but reach the same goals of, you know, executive leadership in different areas. And I think sitting here, we're probably three very different women, but we're three women. And yeah. we do have more sensitivities and more compassion. And just because we package them maybe more, I don't even know what the word is, aggressively or or with the leadership. And I think, Andrea... The, 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 the really big thought I had about that, and you're so spot on, it was really exciting for me, you know, with a highlight reel, is that it's the 21st century real echo chamber. Mm -hmm. And not only is it an echo chamber that reinforces what we already think and believe, but it gauges what we want other people to think they believe and are reinforcing sort of that stereotype of this perfect persona. And we try to talk about all the, the grit and all the failure and fail and fail and fail again. And that is why I succeed. I would be much more comfortable with a show that just told you all the ways I've failed 
right? And that propelled me mm-hmm. because you're, it, you only need to get up one more time than you've been knocked down and you need to live to fight another day. And so I just find that to be extraordinary. And to me, if you, a concert, right? You're mm-hmm. a big concert, passionate oh concert. Oh my gosh, yes. Are you really watching the concert if it's through your phone? And, 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 <laughs> and, I, and, and now the 21st century is when you have to look at those clips of people who are really showing off the seat they had or the concert they were at. It's like, wait a minute, isn't that the vacation slideshow? I didn't want to watch them and I don't want to watch this, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think you just bring up an entirely separate show, but that is <laughs> very <coming> disingenuous <laughs> to me. This is what I like. And it old school. I don't know. People are still influencing people. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is if you have that opportunity to show people what's going on in your life, you know, it should be a little bit more balanced. I think that would be really helpful. I mean, I know you guys look for these business vitamins, and this might be the one that I can offer, is um, one of the senior leaders that I've worked with has has introduced me. I think it's a book called What Got You Here Won't Get You There. Mm. And I think, you know, for younger women, I'm coming to realize you no one gives you a guide path of your health, your mental health, your yeah. how, you know, being an executive and in leadership is somewhat like being an athlete. Um, I've actually just had a provider recommend to me that I see a sports medicine physician because the mentality of it awesome. is a little bit more like yeah. leadership. Yeah. And it's the idea of you are looking at everybody's highlight reels and, and the three of us are not at the same points in our career, right. nor are we heading right. in the same directions. Right. And it's hard because the first thing you want to do is compare yourself to someone else. And you have to understand first your own path. And you may have been successful in these things, but you may need to change your approach to mm-hmm. get to the next level you're going. Yeah. And I think that's why what you ladies are doing is so important is being able to bring people together to share those perspectives and to understand that, yes, I may want part of what you have going mm-hmm. on, Anne, but maybe not the whole thing. So if I can talk to you and say, oh, can you explain to me how you got this piece? Exactly. That's how I cobble together yeah. my experience and what I can offer people. It's a, it's a quilt. And, and I, I, I send out a quote periodically. And my quote the other day was, just because I'm for something doesn't mean I'm against something else. And just because I have a different opinion than Anne, it doesn't remotely change the relationship Anne and I have, and I welcome that, and I welcome any diverse opinions. It's just like, don't let a bad day make you think you have a bad life. Yes. It's it's a one scintilla body to someone, and I think we're all united at the end of the day. But you're that's a great point. You're not. We're not all going in the same path. We're not at the same points. I mean, Anne has grandbabies, and my boy is a senior in high school, right? So it's just, but it doesn't mean we're not united. And Ann and I don't agree, and that's what makes us special to be able to say, hey, you got here and I got here, but it wasn't the same way. And so right. I think you bring up a great point that there's still so much we can learn from each other. And we, I don't think we help each other enough. Yeah, and I think that's something I've, I've looked at, you know, in my teams as well, I think especially when we talk fast-paced, mm-hmm. is offering one another grace and oh. understanding that... Now you're speaking my language. That's my <laughs> favorite word. That's my favorite word. Now you're speaking my language. You know, it made me think of it when you said a bad day, you know, it's just one day. It's, it's like not you may a bad have life. a disagreement yeah. at work. You may have a disagreement with a colleague. You may feel like you're butting heads. But being able to put that aside and come back in the next day and say, okay, we're both here to still do something. And I, I want to give you that space. And, and relating to them as people, you know, are, were you having a bad day? Was something going on in your life? You know, I'm not trying to pry, but if, if you can come to me and say, look, this is not a good time for me, it is so much easier. You have to relate to your colleagues as people first. That that was a huge lesson I learned is human resources is about humans more than it is the resources part. And I don't think a, a relationship is a real relationship until you manage conflict. 
Mm -hmm. You know, all boats rise at high tide. That's easy. Yeah. You know, we can nod and we can smile and anyone, again, highlight reel can be what we think they want us to be, but a relationship doesn't really have the grit until it's conflict that's managed until you go, uh Oh, you took a right and I took a left. And how do we get back together to your point? Exactly. Because everyone has a story. Yeah. I really appreciate that, Andrew. Um, a client, a longtime client and a guest of the podcast, Patty Husick, who's CEO of Centric Bank, they, in their culture initiative, they have 26 uh, Centric Way principles that, that they, you know, uh, introduced to the bank and the employees. And, and they uh, send out an email once a week and they review these with everybody. It's in their email signatures. But one, I mean, and and I do PR and marketing for them, and so I absorb all this, but I step back at this particular one in the times that we're living in, and it says, assume positive intent. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy for us on social or whatever, like, what to the just roast people. What on earth, you know, I'm going to write this, I'm going to fire off a tweet, I'm going to send an email. Instead of, we've had many conversations, like, okay, what would, to the point of extending grace, what could have been a different unintended, you know, consequence if that person said that or, or tweeted that or emailed that? What is going on? Before I respond, as my older son would say, Mom, you have both pistols. You know, like he said, you don't have to draw them both. Like, let, let's just... <laughs> Fire aim ready. I love that. I, I love that. Yeah, it's, it's part of a result of three sons. I think. <laughs> I'm ready. I could do a headlock if I have to. Um, but it's such a good reminder and a reminder to generations below us. You know, you you should not respond immediately. You should let this, uh, you know, sink in and digest and, and consider where the other person was coming from before you respond and just escalate, you know, the concern, the challenge, the, the struggle, uh, whatever. But I constantly remind myself of that. And um, I'm sure in your world of brand strategy, you, you uh, have to remind your team and yourself of that as well. So it's funny. This is something I, I implemented a long time ago for myself, but some of my team members have picked it up. Um, and I'll, I'll use the G-rated version. <laughs> well, uh, when you're when you're angry and you're writing something, I've told my team, you can always send me something if you want me to witch check it. Yeah. Um, you know, you fire off that email, but yeah. before you send it, feel comfortable to, to grab somebody and go, "Is this the tone I want?" Is yeah. this Because even getting yeah. it out feels good, but you may you may not want to send that. Right. And just being able, like you said, I think we've talked a lot today about calmness, and and we are moving so fast, and it's such a dichotomy to be both ambitious and aggressive and remain calm at the same time. It's how do you direct those energies through the right channels? When I think our teams and our clients and our community are watching uh, women in business, how are we responding? How will the 30-something know how to respond in a very challenging situation full of conflict? Annie, to your point, you know, you relationships aren't really solid till you can work through uh, conflict. They're watching our responses. Are we really giving grace? And what actually does that mean in a, in a challenging business situation when everything about the environment is like, mm, you know, I, I'm not feeling very full of grace right now. <laughs> and especially in your world where either major health decisions are being made or construction decisions or community decisions. Sometimes you say it best when you say nothing at all. And silence should be everyone's friend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And technology is cold. It's stark. It's, a, it's become the go-to. It's almost not even a substitute anymore. 
It's the go-to, and you cannot gauge. There, it's tricky to gauge a tone. Yes. To oh, gauge, yes. Yes. To gauge intent, and I know what I intend. I know what's in my heart. I know who I am. But guess what? If someone doesn't perceive it and accept it that way, that's my bad. I have to work harder at making that land in a way that it has substance and that it, that it can persuade in the correct positive way instead of a flame out. And, you know, to your point, bring in your broom to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we, we're talking about the two ends of the spectrum. There's also the middle of the spectrum. So in a remote work environment, you oh, know, yes. we, we're functioning yes. wonderfully. You know, I can say to you, hey, I need X from you. And you can say, here you go. But we're missing that opportunity to add that, what we would have had when we sat next to each other in yeah. an office. Here's yeah. X. Oh, by the way, I like your shirt. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. Like you're missing the, the ability to amplify that yeah. to a positive. So although we may be neutral and in the middle, we're missing that ability to go positive. Positive, which then sometimes it's easier to slip to negative. Um, and that's that's a challenge too. It's just your basic relationships. I mean, we use Teams a lot. I love Teams. It's efficient for me. I've got Teams. I've got text. I've got email. Um, but sometimes you need to pick up the phone and, hey, how's it going today? Hey, what's going on? Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's so fun. Like you just need that quick joke. That's or that, the true That connection. voice. The voice makes such a difference. It's, yeah. And, and it's why spirited is in our title because yeah. I think spirit speaks to the soul. And it speaks to how we're trying to, to, to fill up the soul at the same time we're saying, hey, here's an obstacle in the road. Here's a big orange cone. And if you can drive around it instead of over it, then we are, we are doing our job to pay it forward. Yeah. And again, uh, my mission is to just have women help women more. And again, not to, not to the expense of anything, right. is just to make us acknowledge how we're different and to use that to our advantage, because I think there are big advantages to having that kind of spirit and connection. Andrea, in your ascension at uh, Penn State Health as you know a female executive, have you overcome any specific challenges uh, you could share that would help other younger women, in, whether it's uh, in the health profession or, or just um, you know, in a larger institution? Um, I would say probably being self-aware. So yeah, I love I, that. You've I, said that a few times. I love yeah, that. Yeah, and I, I think that's um, and that's really something that's come my boss has shared that with me in my eval, which I may be self-aware, but maybe I wasn't self-aware that I was self-aware. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, it's the idea of I am to the point. I am I can come across as aggressive, which I think when we talk about women versus men is is a common theme of yeah. can women be aggressive, but can men be aggressive and how is that taken? Um, and I think it's the idea of being self-aware enough to know how you're being perceived, which I think is yep. the basis of marketing. Yep. So I don't think I may be saying anything or behaving any differently than other colleagues, but I'm being perceived a different way. And whether that's because of my gender or it may be my delivery, I have to be self-aware yeah. enough to say, okay, maybe, yeah, I was harsh on that. Um, but I think it's the idea of understanding how you're being perceived and knowing there's going to be differences. And it's, I think you said this earlier, Annie, it's about being a chameleon and adapting your style. Adapting your style does not mean changing yourself. It means understanding the right tool for the situation. Changing right. the communication piece, which is exactly what you, you both do. And I think too, that when you, when you evolve, you know, and I used to give employees their review. So I handled it where you review yourself, I'm going to review yourself, and then we're going to have a conversation. So it's not just an echo chamber of what I think. And women invariably, Andrea and Ann, were so much tougher on themselves mm -hmm. than men were. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, no, no, our mirror is the same size. 
Yeah. We, we don't have to do it side and front and back. Like, no, no, we'll just look in the mirror. Let's evaluate it. Let's say, here's how we're going to move forward. And it's all about sort of shoring up God's gifts to you. Mm-hmm. Not to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Not to be someone else. Like, they're all taken. You have to be yourself. And we have to amplify the God-given skill set that you have. And, and, and a lot of that is identifying it and setting up people to grow and succeed. And so I do think it's it's incumbent upon us as leaders to use messaging and communication, which again, you're all doing every day brilliantly to be able to get people to go, oh, I get that, right? Because not everybody receives. We, we can hear the exact same sentence and the three of us are going to perceive it differently. Well, and I think the conversation about evals is so important is because when we talk about perspective and highlight reel, I think one of the things to take away is the idea that you need to look at your own highlight reel. Mm-hmm. You're living the challenges, yeah. and sometimes you really need to take the time and step back and say, hey, my highlight reel is pretty good. I belong here. I deserve this. I don't need to be You're so not hard an on imposter. myself. Good exactly. Point. Good point. It's not an imposter syndrome. Exactly. And you need people reinforcing that as well. And again, back to your personal board of directors, and especially your chairman, whomever that is. And I take all those people very, very seriously, because they're going tell me the truth right they know you that's right and i think women or men need someone who's going to tell them the truth because sometimes it's not something i want to hear but i need to hear it (laughs) and that's challenging in a virtual world you know when you uh speak about self-awareness we can discern nuance among us here in this conversation and and if you have a uh difficult piece of news or uh you know, a, a challenge to a coworker or a subordinate that you need to deliver. It's, I feel it's, uh, I would accept it better when you're sitting across from me and I understand there's a softness in your, uh, delivery and I understand how much your you eyes, care about the contact, me. Oh, yeah. There's, you know, eye contact instead of jumping on, you know, <clears throat> a zoom and say, Hey, just, just telling you, you messed up here. And, and then the person walks away wounded and it changes the whole perspective. And it's and, an attack. Yeah. Versus a conversation, and conversations are pretty much two people. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's, it a, it's an exchange. Yes, absolutely. And all the cues that we use because we're together even in this room are imperative to even the conversation we're having right now. Mm-hmm. And take all those away, and you take away the strengths of the three of us for sure, and then it just becomes so easily misinterpreted after that. You know, that's one of the reasons I love concerts. It's there's there's an energy. There's a palpable oh, yes, energy there is. that yes, you need it in person. And you know, obviously we have to consider safety and, and how close we can be with right. people in the current times. But that is the biggest difference is there is definitely an energy, a vibe, a something when you're physically with people. And it's a shared experience, and that might have taken away some of the edge that so many people have right now in respect to a pandemic. You know, so coming back in together and reminding ourselves. Uh, you know, a concert is mu- mu- music is a universal language. So when you gather, whether it's Pink, I know you you love her, and whether it's Ben Gallagher in a in a country concert, you know, there's all ages, all generations, and we do have shared experiences. And the more we focus on that, and a little less on what our differences are, you know, I think we can accomplish goals a whole lot quicker. And just like that, Andrea. our 30 minutes is up so of course andrew becker has to return to the grit and gravitas podcast studio we we want to hear about the penn state hampton launch after you come back we want to hear exciting stuff uh we want to hear more of the journey i mean i'll raise my hand for that i I didn't know it before today which is the whole point i know i had never met andrea so extraordinary and just uh i'm better for this half an hour 
Oh, well, thank you. This has been a joy for me. Thank you guys so much for including me. High gear woman and <laughs> Andrew Becker, thank you. Annie Carnathan, just have a high gear day. I can't wait to come back. See you next time, <laughs> ADG. Thank you. Yep. Thanks for listening. It's our desire that these stories will bring energy, ideas, and fresh thinking that you can use today. Subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram and have a high gear day.